A Walk Among the Stars, The Monsters, The Paranormal, and Supernatural. Join your tour guides, Justin and Josh, on this cryptic journey through life and beyond. What you may not know is you've been on this journey for a long time, and you finally arrived. Join us and our cult by subscribing to this podcast and giving us a generous five-star rating. With doing so, your soul will be set and the afterlife defined. Welcome to It's Cryptic Out There. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cryptic Tales with Josh, uh, the co-host here of It's Cryptic Out There. I want to thank everybody for tuning in so far and getting me to three of these. I didn't want to wait as long. I only waited a week, I guess, two weeks, whatever, to release the third part. I'm very grateful for everyone who listens and tunes in. Um... I hope everyone's had a good week. It's Friday. I'm chilling here with Justin. Um, Justin, say hello to the good people. What's up, cryptic cult? That's right. Um, last episode, as you guys know, I got a tattoo. Uh, posted that bad boy. You can go see it on the Facebook page. And if you're not a follower of the cult, you definitely should become one. That's how we post all of our stuff. You'll see... Um, just breaking news with us, stuff that we figure out, just, you know, all the shenanigans that we get into. Um, and if you are a part of the cult, uh, share the page out there. Get some people invested. Um, get involved in this cryptic journey that we're on. You know, we love to be out there and go on these adventures and do these things. And it's fun because we we get y'all get to tag along with us. We We love that. Oh, yeah, there we go. Justin getting involved over here. Also, make sure uh, here on the Patreon, we did the watch along with Hellraiser, or as I like to call it, the Goo Man Group. Um, not what I was expecting, just to give you a little heads up. Um, not, was I, not what I was expecting. Crazy movie. Um, so go check that out. Go, go to the Patreon. It really helps us out, you know, be able to do more for the podcast, just make more content. Um, or just invest in other ways, stuff that we want to do that we think that you all would really like. So help us out there. You get to watch that. Um, we were under the influence, 100%. <laughs> Justin, at the end of it, I'm surprised he could even walk. I couldn't believe it. I was sitting over here. I look over, and my boy is, is struggling. Couldn't see. <laughs> couldn't see. He was straight struggling. It was it was a good time. So tune into that. Um we appreciate you. As you know, we have all of our socials and everything. I'm just trying to get this out of the way because usually I end up fucking it up real bad <laughs> whenever I try to do the outro. So, yeah, follow us on all our, all our socials. and Your foot's got like... Yeah, bro. That's what I do. I don't know why. That's what I just always... 
I mean, come on. How many of you guys are at work? Maybe you're listening to this right now, and like you're just shaking your foot. You're sitting there. You're just doing that. I don't know. I just I gotta be moving. Yeah. You know, that's just what I do. I got anxiety, right. <laughs> and I'm about to uh, read all of this off to you. Good people without stumbling and fumbling and mumbling all over my words. I hope we're, I'm glad we're recording. <laughs> that would have been very sad. Justin and I could barely get through this last time. Last time it was difficult. It was so hard. We just could not stop laughing. Um, but I made a lot of promises for this episode. I'm going to get right into it. Um, and we'll chat afterwards. We see the beast chained to the concrete pillar. He's leaned forward. The only thing holding him up are the chains itself. Blood slowly drips from his mouth into a pool below him. As the beast's limp human form remains in an unconscious state, his mind is flooded with memories. Memories of hunts with his parents and grandparents. The happy times. Yet, His heart begins to beat. Thump, thump. Thump, thump. The blood moon is a great celebration for the commune. People are rushing around, putting the final touches on the celebration. Dusk has fallen. The moon and sun are starting to combine. Captain Parker begins up the long and winding driveway. In his mind, he is doing not only his family, but the world a favor destroying the last piece of cryptic humanity. In the nursery, the same woman who cares for the beast is caring for the baby. The baby tonight, during the blood moon, is quite restless, feverish, ill. The woman is doing all she can to comfort the baby, singing to him, cold washcloths, Anything and everything to give this poor child any bit of comfort. The captain finally makes his way to the commune. The sunset is near. It's about that time. About that time. He screams over the car's PA system. The people rejoice and cheer. Happiness and excitement stir in the crowd. Food has been prepared for a week for this event. And with the beast as a special guest, and the last, they even have a burn pit where he will roast on. All through the commune, we see pictures of silver bullet members of old. All throughout the years, different hunts, everyone including the captain, had changed into ceremonial clothing. What represents the new and old, but still keeps the same theme. Destruction. The commune is singing, and music is playing. Food is being eaten, and drinks are flowing. They all meet in the middle of the compound, where a stage has been built. It sits right in front of the silo where the beast is being held. Almost a straight shot, but not as close as one would think. Captain Parker takes the stage to applause and fanfare. He looks out to the crowd and extends his arm, feeding his ego and showing his sheep who is in charge. The captain speaks into the mic. Everyone, my watch has it. Ten seconds until the blood moon. The crowd erupts in cheers. 
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, thump, 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 thump. The beast hearts pound faster. Before any celebration can take part, the ground begins to shake. In the nursery, the toys begin to shake around the bassinet. Water and glasses begin to move, almost like an earthquake. The people turn around, bracing themselves, and they see the silo beginning to shake and debris falling off. The silo begins to crumble. The commune looks on, stunned. The immense excitement has turned into panic and fear. All of a sudden, the silo breaks, completely collapsing, covering the beast or what's left of him. The rubble and dust settles. The commune members all take a moment to gather themselves. Captain Parker looks on. The moon and sun finally cross. The blood moon has began. Captain Parker begins to take charge, asking everyone if they are okay, trying to take attendance. Through all the shock and unexpected excitement, they begin to hear some things moving in the silo, or what's left of it. Some of the men begin to rush over, completely unaware that the silo was being used as a jail for the monster. They go to start moving rubble until a piece goes flying. The men stumble back, some even falling. Captain Parker is completely unaware, tending the others. The men stun and in disbelief, they see it. A claw slowly reaching from under the rubble. It grasps on to the concrete and begins to try to pull itself out. In complete shock, the men stay standing or seated. Rubble goes flying. These men hear moans, growls, and cries that no animal of them has ever made before. They look up. What they see induces fear and woe complete desperation and hopelessness, they see that the beast lives. Captain Parker is barking out orders for the commune security. He's trying to figure out what had happened. It's not until he looks over at the silo, squinting his eyes, he sees an image. It's of the beast. But it's the beast who had taken one of the men, ripped him in half, and now had his entrails slowly leaking onto the beast's head. His brain is slow to process what he had just seen. He's watching the other men run away in fear. The beast puts the man's body down and begins chasing the rest of the men who had run off. Captain Parker starts screaming, Run! Hide! Fight! Over and over. The people are confused. In all of the chaos, they can't understand. They can't see what the captain is seeing. The beast is massacring the men who ran over to check for a survivor. At this point, the captain has realized this isn't an ordinary force fox. There's so much rushing, so much commotion. That is until one of the mangled bodies of the men end up being launched on stage, right to where the captain was standing. A collective silence has fallen over the crowd. The wife of the man begins to scream. Her mangled body, an eyeball missing, and lower jaw gone, bite marks missing out of his torso. His intestines and gallbladders slowly leaking to the ground below. Before the panic and the scattering can happen, a howl, almost a roar. These people felt it in their bones. 
It wasn't something they could ignore. They look up to the roof of one of the barns that surrounded the stage. Semi-crouched, hanging onto the lightning rod. In perfect light of the blood moon stands the beast. He leans back, staring up at the moon. He lets out one last howl before launching off the barn and landing into the crowd of people. As soon as the beast lands, a crack of lightning goes off, hitting the barn, catching it on fire. Soon, a light rain forms. Everyone's stunned. The beast stands and looks around. A circle slowly forms around the beast. He begins to survey a situation in full animalistic and violent intent. Before he can make an action, a shotgun pumps. Captain Parker whistles and says, I told you, this is it. This is it. You are done, you evil, vile creature. Tonight is the night. The beast turns. Captain Parker has a shotgun on the beast. The captain points it at the beast. He looks at him and says, Your time hat. The beast, in a quick swoop, smacked the shotgun out of the hand mid-sentence from the captain. It goes off. It completely blows the head off one of the commune members. His body falls, twitching in the circle of people. Leaders of blood begin pouring all over the ground. Everyone is frozen, stricken with fear and complete disbelief as to what had just happened. A man from across the circle screams out, Die, you devil, die! and makes a run towards the beast with a machete. The beast, with ferocious might, brings his claws up, swiping the man's face. It rips so deep, one eye is missing, and through that hole you can see his brain. Teeth are gone. He drops the machete. In panic, he holds his hands up to his face. He can't even scream due to the damage. He begins this wailing and wailing. He's grabbing his face, running to people in the circle who just push him back out of disgust, out of astonishment, out of shock. He falls back, hitting the beast in the chest, and he falls to the ground, whimpering, life slowly leaving his body. The beast takes one step and slams on the man's head with such force, teeth, skull, and tongue explode off into the crowd, hitting people. At this point, mass hysteria and panic have set in. The crowds begin to run and flee. Captain Parker himself is trying to sneak to his vehicle in all of the chaos. The barn has caught more of the buildings on fire. The commune begins to burn. The beast is laying rampage to the people. The grounds are running red with blood mixed with rainwater. Body parts are flying. The beast is picking people up and ripping their arms off, beating them to death with whatever he can find. He impaled two people with the axle of a car to a mountainside. The rage and power of the Blood Moon Werewolf is unmatched, incomparable to any other being. Captain Parker makes it back to his cop car. He's fumbling around with his keys, trying to get it to start. He looks and sees the beast who had clawed someone in the chest and lifted them in the air and bit their head off, only their silhouette being able to be seen in the blood moon. Before the beast spits out the head, he makes eye contact with the captain. 
Parker begins to hyperventilate and drops his keys. He goes to pick them up when he looks, the beast doesn't exist. All he sees is his commune, burning to the ground, his kingdom, where he ruled, his home, where his family had lived for generations and generations, and in one motion, rip both the door and him off. They go flying through the woods. The captain eventually comes to against the same mountain where the people are impaled by the car axle. He tries to move, but he soon realizes how bad his situation is. He's paralyzed from the waist down. He's coughing blood. The beast enters from the tree line, walking toward him. Captain Parker says through fits of spitting blood and coughing, This is why I wanted you. Why we, my family, wanted you all gone. The beast's ears twitch, showing a sense of listening and comprehension. The beast walks over and palms the captain around the chest with one hand and lifts him in the air with ease. The captain begins to scream in agony from his injuries. He makes eye contact with the beast and starts saying, No, no, please, no, don't do this. The beast begins to let out this screeching roar and howl. The captain is squirming and screaming, holding his ears as blood pours through his fingers. He's shaking his head back and forth, but his eyeballs begin to shake violently in his skull. The beast doesn't let up. He continues this sound until Captain Parker's eyes completely melt from his head, leaking down his face. He drops the captain, whose body is left as a husk. It almost looks as if his soul was sucked right out of his body. The beast turns and walks away, heading towards the screams of terror and anguish that can be heard from what few survivors of the commune are left. As he makes his way back to the burning commune littered with corpses and body parts, blood puddles can be found in the foot imprints of the beast where he walks. He sees a woman running out of a burning building. He runs and corners her in the alleyway with fire surrounding her on every part. She knows this is it. There is no chance in survival. The beast lets out a howl and raises his claw, about to strike. Before he lays down the killing slash, the lady holds the baby up to the beast. All right, everybody. That is the uh, Beast Lives Shit. Part Three. Um, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Really, really, really appreciate you. Um, You're like messed up in the head. Am I? <laughs> that Thank was so graphic. Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> let me know what you think. Like, give me your input. Um, I think this is only. I was only gonna do three episodes originally. But um, I think there was some stuff that just needed to be fleshed out, some stuff that needed to be talked about, and yeah, so we'll see. Definitely going to be another episode, maybe one or two more after that before I wrap it up, but let me know what you think, uh, reach out, ask me questions, you know, uh, or tell, tell me what you think. What happens? What's up with this baby? Like, what is up with this baby? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. That's what I'll say. And where is this wolf? What's he doing? You know? Why did lightning strike the barn as soon as he jumped off of it? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe we should cut that part. <laughs>
Uh, or at least this part. Anyway, uh, we want to give a shout out to Paige. Um, she just had a baby. Shout out to you, Paige. Congrats. You've been one of our loyal, loyal culties, loyal culties for a while now. Um, so thank you so much, and we're so happy for you. Congratulations. Round of applause, Justin. Let's go. We love it. We love it here. All right. Um, give us five stars, and we'll kiss you. <laughs> I told you I'm so bad at these outros. They know. Yeah, it's just part of it now. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Show notes. Uh, you can see them in the... Uh, Appreciate y'all. I'm gonna leave on that notice. <laughs> oh man.